So, Steve, I got to tell you how I know I did marry a sociopath. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear it. I came home the other day, and Kate was in the middle of doing a, a home workout. Uh-huh. While listening to nothing. Okay. Like... Just dead silence. Like, she didn't have... She didn't have, like, a TV show playing, or... Jock jams, nothing. Yeah. Da-da-da. P.S. I always work out to jock jams. Yeah, I mean... It's gonna it's gonna get that heart rate up for sure. Y'all ready for this? I mean, do you listen to stuff while you get pumped? Surely you do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. When at the gym, I would always listen to podcasts. Uh, yeah, yeah, love that. But now that I'm working out at home, I always have a TV show on. And you're not just standing in a room by yourself listening to the sound of your own breathing. True. That's demented. It is. I'm worried about you, honey. That's why I bring it up. <laughs> Well, you know she's not listening to this while working out. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, your favorite horror movie podcast in all the known multiverse. Here with the host with the most, it's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And as an update, we are still standing loud and proud with everybody supporting the Black Lives Matter yeah. movement. I think it's been amazing to see that the momentum yeah. hasn't stopped. Like every other time we've I had something it like does this, it's not like, let up. Yeah, it's like a week where everybody's mad. Then whatever, we're back to normal now. Yeah. But I uh, I enjoy the acceleration that this is picking up. So everybody out there, be sure to do whatever you can to voice your support for the movement and keep this going. Let's make a change. Hell yeah! And uh, yeah, put some money in bail funds. Easy way to help make a change. How you been doing this week, Steve? Good. Good. Been having a, yeah. a good week. Just uh, been working my ass off. Dude, and we're here doing probably the earliest podcast that we've ever done. I don't know that we've ever cast probably. this early in the day, but uh, we just kind of had a little pocket of time open up. And yeah. I appreciate you making a little hole in your schedule to fit her in there, Steve. Uh, it, 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 it wasn't too hard. I had to try to go to bed a little bit early, and then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually my move, too, where I'm like, yeah. need to get up early, not changing shit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> what you been busy working on this week, man? Uh, uh, Legacy of Brutality and, and this show itself. And we, yeah. We have uh, our first Patreon-exclusive episode that just came That's out right. on Monday. So I was, uh -huh. I was editing that. We just recorded that uh, last week. Dude, the reviews are coming in already, and I'm being told it is the best Patreon-only episode we've ever done. That's true. It's it, it's a hit with yep. uh, the people <laughs> who listen to it. <laughs> and everybody can enjoy that by joining up over on the Patreon page. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Just join at the $1 level at the very least, and you'll get access to the patreon exclusive episodes mm -hmm. which are just us talking about some episode of an anthology series yeah that's right and if you throw some more dollar papers at us you can help control the show and put in a vote for a patreon pick episode of the podcast that was a lot of peas that's right peter piper picked a patreon podcast and so can you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah next week we'll be doing a patreon uh episode and this very movie was suggested oh in the Patreon submissions and was one of the reasons why we thought of doing it. Well, very good. Y'all have good taste. So join up over on the Patreon page and let your voice be heard. Yeah. So you've been watching anything yeah. good, man? Yeah. Uh, Emily and I watched Solar Opposite. I don't know what that is. It's uh, Justin Roiland's new show with, uh, with, with some aliens 
that crash landed on Earth. Okay. Yeah, it's funny. So third rock from the sun. Okay. Basically, third rock from the sun, but uh, they don't look like humans. How much French Stewart is there in this? Um, more or if less? You'll, if you'll accept a Thomas Middleditch as a French Stewart, there's a hundred percent. I've been told that he is a low calorie French Stewart substitute. So low calorie. A lot yeah. of people are going towards <laughs> him these days. He's the yeah, he's the Stevie of French Stewart. <laughs> I love I love that Tommy Middleditch. He's hilarious. Uh, Dan Harmon also voices one of the characters. It's uh, it's really good. I I enjoyed it. It's a cartoon show. Oh, yes, it is an animated cartoon a show. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Sounds it's like something on I need to scope out. Yeah, check Hulu. it out. It's funny. But Hulu. I mean, honestly, you haven't seen Rick and Morty. Nope. Which is Justin Roiland's show, and also has Dan Harmon. And is is uh, you know, a classic. I got some catching up to do. I say classic. It came out like a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> a modern day classic. Yeah, a modern day classic. A future classic. And also, Emily and I watched Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, sort based of. on the the legendary children's book that like everybody yeah. loves. Yeah, those the that book series was one of my favorite growing up, and one of Emily's favorites growing up. And we got about halfway through the movie before we were like, nah, I don't, I don't want to watch this. Oh, no, they blew it? They absolutely. Oh. Absolutely blew it 100%. It should have been an anthology film uh, with different stories by different directors who grew up loving the books. Instead, it's an attempt to make it again. Really? It, it really was so much just them trying to recreate it. So you're saying that it's not an anthology movie. It's all the stories mashed up into one story that's supposed to make sense. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. Who the fuck decided that was the right way to do that movie? I don't know. Ugh. Whoever made that decision made a bad decision mm -mm. And, and ruined a good property. And now they'll have to redo it down the line. Oh, man. Dang, dude. Well, that sucks. I, I was really wondering about that because there was so much hype about it that I was wondering how it would turn out. But apparently, it's a miss. <laughs> What'd you guys get up to on that streaming chat Friday? Oh, man. This is a fun time. Uh, I know we watched Hogzilla was the second movie. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. What was the first movie? Uh, something. It was yeah. called some. Oh, Scare Package. It's Scare a, Package. It's a newer anthology series. Series. Anthology uh, horror movie. What the shit? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> he just got that in. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> so Scare Package, uh, it had a whole bunch of uh, comedians in it that I recognized for some reason. John mm -hmm. Gabris as a werewolf wearing a football helmet. Okay. It, it was better than uh, I expected. It was, it was funny, goofy, stupid. And Joe Bob Briggs it was in it. <laughs> oh, wow. Shit. And cool. then they played Hogzilla, which also has Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, he was the star. He was the star. Yeah. Wait, we had a lot of fun on the on the chat, though. There were a lot of people there. It was fun. That sounds like a dang old good time right there, man. Yeah. Come join us. Friday nights, we do stream and chat. Stream uh, until it ends in a couple weeks is on Shutter. Joe Bob Briggs, last drive in. Fun time. Chat is on Discord. Yeah, Friday, I wish I could have joined, but we were enjoying an outdoor patio beverage with uh, our good friend and listener, Grayson Hester. Oh, yeah. He is only going to be in Tennessee for another week or two before he heads back to Hotlanta to continue his education. But we got together and 
had a had a nice tasty beverage and did some good hanging and he did bring it to my attention that I have once again on last week's episode used the word mortified i keep fucking doing it steve that is true i uh my wife asked me why i didn't correct you and i I, um it's actually happened on the last two episodes god damn it (laughs) (laughs) what is the matter with me man why can i I, not like reprogram that in my head it's uh it's one of those things i don't know why i do this but for some reason, I say in the floor, not on the floor. <laughs> I don't know why I do oh, that. Okay. It's not in like a regional thing. No. I don't know why, but I say that all the time. And my wife will always be like, well, it's on the floor. <laughs> I mean, maybe this just becomes a game. Like whenever you're listening to the podcast and I use the word mortified when I actually mean, you know, like horrified. Yeah. Maybe you have to like do a, a shot of 151 <laughs> or Everclear or something yes. like that. You have to stop whatever oh you're doing. Do not shoot Everclear. I don't close your throat up. <laughs> You'll have a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good time seeing old Grayson. He's a good boy. Yeah. And I like also that, had some time this week to watch a couple of feature flicks. Let me tell you about them. Let me What'd tell you, you watch? About so yesterday, we sat down and watched a Coco. Oh, yes. The Pixar movie. The Pixar movie, which uh, which I had never seen. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. It's fantastic, and also fuck you, Pixar, because <laughs> I just want to like have a good time and watch a brightly colored animated <laughs> flick, and then I always end up just like a you know like shoulder heaving, sobbing yeah. mess watching these fucking <laughs> movies, dude. Why? And they specifically like make them just to fuck with adults too. It seems yeah. like, mm-hmm. which I've got to wonder, like. Whenever we were kids and you'd get excited to, you know, go see a new Disney movie or whatever, it's like your parents would go and they'd take you to it. And maybe there's a part that tugs on your heartstrings when Bambi's mom dies. Spoilers. Right. Whatever. You know, what is it like to be a kid now whenever you see the commercial (laughs) for the new Pixar movie and you're like, yeah, you know, it's Wally. It's there's a robot and it's cute and there's all these cool colors and it's going to be so not going to be sad at all for sure. Yeah, and then you go to watch this movie. You know, your parents take you to watch this movie, and they end up crying and sobbing hysterically. Like, what is it like to spend your whole childhood when you go to see a movie that you want to see, and your parents end up fucking in a heap, just like in the fetal (laughs) position, crying their eyes out? What is that like? What does that do to your childhood? Um, I don't know. I I don't think it's a negative. I think it's probably always a positive for, uh, children to see their parents reacting to things with actual emotion Mm -hmm. but it's gotta be it's gotta be a bit disarming for the child for sure for (laughs) you know you say be sitting in the theater with your child and up is about to come on and you're watching a thing about a cloud and weeping openly oh my god dude and then up starts (laughs) <laughs> and you just fucking die of emotion. Yeah. And yeah. your child is like, I just wanted to see the doggy. <laughs> <laughs> I want yeah, the it's balloon a, it's a rough time, man. It's a rough time. Coco yeah. was really good, though. The animation's incredible. And dude, yeah. one of the things that I appreciated the most about it, uh, I'm sure you know that there's a lot of like, you know, uh, guitar playing and stuff. Yeah, in I do know that. Uh-huh. They actually did all the guitar playing accurately and they like did the it animation correctly. of it 
Yeah, like huh, whenever cool. you hear a C chord, that guy's hand is in the position of a C chord. Yeah, and that, even like the picking and stuff, they actually did it right. It blew yeah. my mind. That's one of those things that that probably only stands out to somebody who knows how to play the instrument. It's like anytime we watch something, Emily and I, where they they do anything medical, almost every time she will get irritated or laugh uh, right. out loud at what's yep. happening because it's just like that is not in any way how this would play out <laughs> like right it's just so so far off yeah and it like takes you out of the movie when stuff like that happens when something that right. is like in your field is going on on screen right like, that's totally wrong dude there was uh -huh. that movie a couple of years ago you remember where um uh what's his name from outcast played Jimi hendrix oh yeah uh-huh and the guitar playing wasn't even fucking remotely right like not even close for Jimi fucking Hendrix, if and it, seen, it drove me insane. It like ruined the movie. You ever seen that video of Lil Wayne playing guitar on stage? <laughs> well, he was holding a guitar. Yeah, he was holding a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> he was more of a guitar owner than a guitar. Yeah, player. like look how cool this guitar looks. Said Lil Wayne. <laughs> I do something that a guitar stand does. <laughs> <laughs> Just showing it off. Yeah, yeah. So Coco was good. Definitely recommend watching. And we also had ourselves a little DC tastic week here. Caught oh, yeah. up on a couple of DC flicks. We watched um, the extremely longly titled, what is it? The Emancipation of oh, Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey and all yeah. kinds of other stuff. Like, God damn, what a long title for that movie. So I think that was actually the last movie that we watched in theaters before theaters closed down uh -huh. you know i still haven't seen it and and do want to watch it dude the first time that we watched it i didn't like it like whenever we watched mm -hmm. it in theaters i was like oh it's just long and boring and there's not much plot blah 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 right i don't know what the deal is i think i was just like not in the mood to sit in a theater and watch a movie or something because we watched it again the other night and it's like oh this is like the best non-batman dc movie like it's really fun right it's really good margaret Robbie's i've, heard, fucking I've awesome. heard people say it's very fun uh and the the main issue with it is that it it's mostly a harley quinn movie oh, <laughs> until yeah. like halfway through and then it's like oh also there are these other ladies oh yeah yeah i mean the the whole gang of the birds of prey really doesn't even join up until like the very fucking end of the movie Right. But it's still really fun. I enjoyed it way more. Second time around. <laughs> you got to give it the, the old second time around. Always. To make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially, I hate when I really like a movie and I'm like, second time around, can't wait. And the second time around, I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. This sucks. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. can happen sometimes. So we watched that the other day, and then last night we sat down and watched Joker, which uh, neither of us had seen uh, okay. before. I haven't seen Joker either. Uh, man, it is, it's heavy duty. I'll tell you that. Heavy duty? Heavy duty Judy. And uh, Are you radicalized? I'm now radicalized. If you didn't notice okay. it from the tone of my voice, I'm radical now. Yeah. I'm radical. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty crazy flick, man. I thought that you had watched it for some reason, but... Um, I'll kind of refrain from talking too much about it until you see okay. it. Because I, yeah, I, like I, to I to need to watch about it. it. Yeah, I'm just so behind on all movies. Yeah, forever. It's like me now. with TV shows. 
Yeah. But I mean, I I have uh, recently watched some movies from the 1930s. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you getting all caught up. So, going way yeah, back getting to get all caught, caught up. up. Yeah. Yeah, Joker was uh Joker was pretty good. It's one of those ones that like after it was over, it really kind of stuck with me for a long time. Uh Okay. But I will tell you this, most of the movie is ridiculously heavy-handed and just very fucking yeah. on the nose and like I think very try hard frankly okay which I hadn't really gotten that feedback from a lot of people so when we started watching the movie for about you know the first half or three quarters of it I was like man alive like I fucking get it this feels like almost like a like a high schooler wrote a movie about what the Joker would be like you know <laughs> it's like very oh. melodramatic and stuff Wow. But the okay. end the end is really good and like really powerful okay. and very scary. And it's one of those that I think is like very telling about the viewer. Like how you feel about how the movie goes, I think tells me a lot about you as a as a person. <laughs> okay. Because they by, right. by the end of it you could either see him as a you know, pathetic, sad, tragic character, or it'd be like, he's a hero. <laughs> huh. So it's kind of dangerous. I think in a that lot regard. of people went with the he's a hero. That makes sense considering the climate yeah. of everything. So I believe that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there are a ton of people who are big fans of Walter White and hated Skyler. Right. Even though, uh, you know, her whole thing was. I noticed you're dealing meth and you shouldn't do that. <laughs> That's true. And people are like, man, fuck her. <laughs> she's holding him back. <laughs> yeah, she's holding him back from being a drug kingpin. No doubt. What a what a terrible wife. Well, let me know whenever you get around to watching Joker because I look yeah, forward to I, hearing what you think about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to. I mean, that's why we watch scary stories to tell in the dark. I've been trying to watch more movies from from recent times because like I, I do just I'll fall back on watching stuff I've seen a million times. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> pretty easily. Me too, yeah. man. Me too. Always got to be making an effort to check out new stuff, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. For sure. And the other thing that I watched this week was a little little picture called Drag Me to Hell. Drag Me to Hell. Did you happen to watch that as well? I did. You want to talk about it? We should make a podcast about it. Let's do that. I'll start recording now. Oh, now. shit. Okay. I've already been recording. What are oh, we going to do? We'll have to put all this other stuff in front of it, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so the thing about this movie that really struck me is that I was able to forget that it was a PG-13 horror movie. That's usually such a mark of shame for horror flicks is whenever you get it, that PG-13 rating, you know stuff's going to be compromised. It's not going to go as far as the makers intended and stuff. But this movie is one of those rare PG-13 horror movies that's actually pretty fucking good. Well, it's intentionally PG-13, which I think when you when you say to yourself, I'm going to make a PG-13 horror movie, then you can deal with the issues that PG-13 horror movies normally have. You can yeah. be like, all right, well, where do they screw up usually, and how can we do that in a way that doesn't make us R? Yeah, you kind of write inside of the those perimeters rather than just right. doing whatever you want, and then the MPAA like cuts your movie to yeah. hell, right? Uh -huh. But you know what? This isn't the only good PG thirteen horror flick because as I true. as I was kind of you know doing my research for the movie and stuff here, I was like, man, this can't be the only good PG thirteen one out there. Turns out there's kind of a whole bunch of them. There's kind of a lot, yeah. 
You know what, Steve? How about before we get to the movie review, how about we stop in and just make a little pit stop, just a little little detour over at the Preview Palace? Honey, pull over. What's this over here? Look. Oh, off in the distance. Welcome to the Preview Palace. Oh, my. <laughs> we pulled off at a little overlook. Oh, just is that to look it? off in the distance. Yeah, that uh, was us. It was really painting a word picture for me. I could see it. <laughs> Steve, let's tell these bustas about some other good PG-13 horror flicks that they might not know about. What do you know about one that's maybe a, a, a Japanese tale about a girl, her ponies, and a videotape? <laughs> the Ring. <laughs> oh, man, rolling yeah. that R around on me there, huh? Yeah, The Ring. I, I was surprised that this is PG-13, but then think one... You know, I thought back on it. It's like, I guess other than when you see Amber Tamblin's like corpse, nothing. There's no like major gore. There's nothing to. Not really. Yeah. Nothing no. to earn it a PG-13 rating or a, an R rating. Sorry. Right. But it doesn't like feel compromised. Like that movie really seems like right. it, you know, did everything that it needed to do. Yeah. And it just sort of turned out that way. Yeah. It, it's, um, I mean, it, it had to have been a conscious effort, I think. Like, the 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 lack of gore, but the inclusion of, like, you know, the, the video itself is very disturbing. Yeah. And, like, the, the, you know, nail through the fingernail bit. Ooh, like, all of I that is, it. like, gross, but it's, like, no blood. There's, you know, the, uh, the themes are... There's some horse blood. There's some motherfucking horse blood. <laughs> Motherfucker got horse blood. What <laughs> y'all got? Blood. <laughs> Lonely Island. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's surprising that it's PG thirteen, but yeah, they they really did obviously make a conscious effort to make a movie that just avoided the pitfalls that would get them an R rating. Totally, man, and it still holds up too. We reviewed that one two or three years yeah, ago on the still, show. Still a great horror was, movie, dude. It's while we did it while I was in the middle of a brain boiling flu <laughs> <laughs> so that's an interesting episode for sure so be sure to check that one out you know another one that came out around that same time period that i really like is the others oh yeah the others is a great horror movie i really yeah, enjoyed that really movie. cool one yeah and yeah, nicole kidman nicole all kinds of great Kid people in there man who should <laughs> like is <laughs> was where does that name come from? Like, was it possible that, <laughs> like, you know, when the when the somebody was coming to Australia to set themselves up among the the Australian wilderness or whatever, they were yeah. like, "I'm gonna change my last name. I got this baby face, but I'm a grown man. <laughs> I'm a kid, but I had to grow up fast because yeah. I'm an Australian." <laughs> He's a kid man. He's a kid man. He's kind of a kid man, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because you have names like Smith, and it's like, well, yeah, somebody back in, yeah, was a in his timeline was a blacksmith or something. Yeah. But how does one become a kid, a man? kid man? Or is it just maybe uh, there was a man that really liked kids? You know, he's uh, like, oh, he was I like love really kids. good They're with great. kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm a kid man. Or, or that was his crime. <laughs> Why he was sent to oh, Australia. No. <laughs> 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 they branded him a kid man. He's one of those kid men, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and the legacy carries on in the yeah. Kidman name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, The Others is a lot of fun, though. That's one of those ones that I revisit every couple of years, and I'm like, this is still a cool movie. It's just nice and yeah. spoopy. 
got some yeah. really good cinematography in it. Really enjoy that mm-hmm. one. I, yeah, and I just love the I love the setting like that. It's um, you know, it's got that Victorian feel to yeah. it, but it actually is isn't set that that far back. Mm-hmm. And it it just plays out like a good ghost story. It does, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to find like great ghost story. Horror That's movies true. too, you know, that aren't like yeah. paranormal activity, like found footage kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, I, I knew the twist of the others, and I, I'm, you know, I, I thought it was probably ruined, but I was like, eh, I'll still, because I like horror movies, I'll watch it. This was like whenever around when it came out, uh, I remember renting it and watching it, knowing the twist, yeah, and still. I was like, no, this is just a, you don't need the twist to make this a good movie. Totally. Yeah. It's yeah. enjoyable just to watch Nicole Kidman figure out what's yeah. going on, you know? So even if you know it, it still holds up. Another one like that is The Sixth Sense. I yeah. also knew the twist to The Sixth Sense, but it didn't really ruin the movie because the movie isn't about the twist. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and again, it's like when you can go through that experience of, that great actor or actress you know finding out the truth of their situation that's entertaining even if you already know the situation you know exactly Shyamalan's got a bunch of PG-13 ones that are really solid it seems like that is what he aims for is PG-13 because yeah so many of his films are PG-13 even Split is PG-13 yeah Split's great yeah thinking of that and thinking of, of James McAvoy's performance it's like yeah I guess like what what would they have made that R for? But it's also like, man, he was really fucking scary in that. Like mm-hmm. that there's not I don't think there's any blood in it really. Like No, I don't think so. Like it really is just the way he plays each character that brings the menace. So like I mean it's surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's surprising how much you can do in a PG thirteen horror movie. That that's still effective, no doubt. Did you see what was the follow up? Was it Glass or whatever? I haven't seen Glass. No, God, I, I heard I, it I was heard terrible. bad about it. Yeah. yeah, I heard it was not good. But yeah, you're right. Split is really good. And of course, you know, The Village, Signs, pretty much any of those are yeah, pretty I'm cool. Almost all over PG 13, and yeah, I mean, like a lot of people hate The Village. I enjoyed it. I like uh, The Village personally. I think it's pretty. I think cool. it's a lot of it's the aesthetic for me. I like Same. the way it looks. Beautiful yeah. movie. Absolutely gorgeous uh-huh. movie. You know what? You can even find some really kid-friendly ones out there. What do you know about a maybe a posse of kids in the 80s? What's got to <laughs> defeat uh, a gun-wielding, grenade-throwing Dracula? <laughs> and maybe a wolfman what has nards? <laughs> maybe. The Monster Squad. The Monster Squad. Look, yeah. we've talked about it a million times on the show. we got an episode about it. Check that one out. It's a really yeah, go fun check one. That one out. That's just Monster a great fun flick. Great. Adam's uh-huh. Family, another comedic one that we've yeah. done too. You know, again, that's kind of it's really just sort of not a dark really comedy. horror, but uh, yeah, it's it's got all the elements of horror, so might as well include it in there. Adam's Family, PG thirteen, Adam's Family Values as well, both mm-hmm. awesome movies. Yeah, we reviewed that back in October or so of last year, I think. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. I think the same with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We did that uh-huh. in November. Yeah, what a great fucking and- movie. Yeah, it's great. And uh, PG-13, like, again, thinking back to it, like, sure, some w- vampires get staked, but there's not really blood from it. Yeah. 
like it yeah it, it really does like it it walks that line where because they're vampires it's okay that they're getting killed so you can get the pg-13 rating totally yeah yeah like if these are just normal humans she was staking in the chest no it's a full-on r <laughs> yeah really fun movie that holds up very well you know, one of my absolute favorites is also hitting that PG-13 mark. I'm talking about the motherfucking Wraith. <laughs> <laughs> you lose the race. You lose your car. You lose your car. Rughead. Man, how is that PG-13? They, like, those two dudes are throughout the movie uh, drinking, like, motor oil and stuff to get <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it is. I'm telling you, I recommend it all the time for good reason. It's the fucking best movie. You need oh, to watch man. it, y'all. You need to watch it. Did an episode yeah. on that one too. If they if they remake it with the Lonely Island, I will watch it again. It's but on. Until then, not interested. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve. What do you know about a little shop of horrors? Little shop of horrors, the the '80s uh, version was one I loved growing up, mm-hmm. and I. We'll have to do it on the show sometime. Totally. But yeah. Yeah. Just loved that movie growing up. Yeah. I, I got introduced to that one like really late in life. I did not see it back in the day. I probably saw it for the first time maybe 10 years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was struck by just how weird and fucking silly it is. I mean, Steve Martin as that like sadistic yeah. dentist and stuff. Uh huh. Amazing. <laughs> so much funny stuff. And it's kind of dark too. It's very dark. Yeah. I, yeah, I loved that movie. I haven't seen the original with jack nicholson but uh i i don't think is the original a musical i'm not sure i don't know i'm not sure about that yeah yeah i've just seen the uh the one that we're talking about rick moranis and stuff yeah yeah but yeah uh as far as pg-13 horror movies go little shop of horrors is fun and just i would say yeah really dark yeah totally for a comedy yeah Let's say maybe somebody is, you know, around 13 years old and they want to watch a fake documentary about some people <laughs> what's looking for giant trolls. What do you think they should watch? <laughs> they should watch Troll Hunter. That's of course. Exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of another movie they would watch even. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty specific actually. Yeah, so yeah, that's what specific. you're after. That's where you're going to is Troll Hunter. We did an episode on that one a while back. Really fucking great movie. And again, doesn't feel neutered by the PG-13 rating. Nope. Like, they're able to get all. all the good grossness and suspense in without mm-hmm. really sacrificing much anything, as far as I can tell. Yeah. And the and the the cheap CG actually holds up. Like, yeah, it does. It's, I mean, it's pretty good, surprisingly, for, for low-budget, cheap, uh, 10 years ago movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, definitely. Uh, I love that movie. Yeah, Troll Hunter's awesome. <laughs> I forgot that the last exorcism fit into this category. I didn't even realize that was PG-13 because that movie, uh, it's a, I mean, if you haven't seen it, found footage, uh, exorcism type of thing. And I, I really, of all the exorcism movies other than The Exorcist, it is, I think, one of the strongest because it's, I think so too. It deals with the same sort of thing as The Exorcist, which is the person doing the exorcism actually losing their faith and and uh the experience of the exorcism being a come to jesus moment for them mm-hmm. yeah but uh also the way yeah the way the last exorcism is shot 
Because it, it's, it is found footage, but it's supposed to be a documentary crew. I love when they do that because it always explains why instead of the camera shaking and uh, just showing us the forest, uh, it's actually being shot well. Yeah, despite, shot like a movie. Yeah, despite the fact that crazy shit's happening, we're always remembering like, oh, it's a documentary film crew. They know how to do this. Yeah. Even though, of course, they'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stop shooting for a second because the devil's real. Yeah. What the fuck now? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, another one with tons of what the fucks and it is one of my favorite flicks from the 80s, The Gate. The Gate. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, understand I your it. obsession with that movie. It's so it. bad. It's so bad. Exactly. You yeah. said it right there. So you do yeah. understand. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I just, I'm such a sucker for any like piece of shit 80s horror movie, though. It's just like, I'm instantly on your side if you're a shitty 80s <laughs> horror flick. So, yeah, I'm definitely partial to it. That's a, that's a fun one, man. I watched that again maybe, maybe two months ago, something like that. Still mm -hmm. just a blast. So stupid, man. Another one that we have done is uh, Final Girls. Yeah, Final from Girls. From a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that one's PG 13. And it, uh, I didn't, even think about it while watching it but when we did talk about it on the episode when we did it that it, it does have a very like <laughs> prominent lack of gore mm -hmm. for a movie that is is you know dealing with slasher films from the 80s right yeah but it, that's what earns it the pg-13 rating i assume and it still keeps it fun. Yeah, like, it's it never still really fun. feels like you're like, yeah. oh man, this sucks. There's not enough gore in it or whatever. Right. Still holds up. Pretty fun flick, uh -huh. man. Cloverfield, also PG thirteen. Yeah, the old Cloverfield. Uh that that one's one where the camera work leaves something to be desired, but still a fun movie. But yeah, as far I mean as, it's really trying to put you there, so yeah. you do get a lot of yeah, you get you a know, lot of handheld shaky, shaky yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. I still think it's pretty cool. I don't know if it like is one of those I want to rewatch a bunch of times. I remember seeing it whenever it came out and uh -huh. I enjoyed it, but it might not be one of those that you want to see over and over and again. 10 Cloverfield Lane, I thought was fucking Oh, great. 10 Cloverfield Lane is amazing, yeah. And then the- I can't remember if it's PG-13 or R. I, I do not know if that's PG-13 yeah. or R. It's probably R. But it's really good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, another one that we have done that is just silly fun is Tremors. Oh yeah, shit. PG that is PG-13. Yeah, but right, I mean, yeah. there, there's no surprise with that if you see the movie. Like it, it is really silly and not any gore at all. I don't think, other than the the bugs themselves getting exploded. I say yeah, bugs. Exactly. I don't know what they are. Graboids. Graboids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there comes a time in everybody's life where you know you're like 13 and you're like, I want to see Reba. And Kevin Bacon. <laughs> of course. You know what I like? You remember that I song? I like bacon. <laughs> what? You think she ever said that to what? him on the set? I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she did. Do you think there was a period in Reba's career where people would be like, do the, the Fritos thing? <laughs> hey, what do you like? I know what you like, uh, huh? Fritos, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I probably got pretty tired of that. <laughs> Rebate fucking having that. No. We did uh, Gretel and Hansel on the show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's that true. a good long breakdown. That's, that's a PG-13-er. It's a PG-13-er, and, and that one, again, they were aiming for that rating. Uh, it, it does seem that if the ratings board neuters your movie, it's going to probably suck. But if you aim for PG-13, you got a much better shot of making yeah. a really good horror movie. 
Yeah, definitely. That was totally worth a watch, if nothing else, just for the visuals alone, right. which are incredible. Uh-huh. And you know, really, like the king of all of these, like absolutely the best one, is actually only rated PG. Uh-huh. But that's because this was in the age before there was such a thing as right. PG thirteen. It went from PG to R, so they put Poltergeist as PG. Yeah, and it would it would have earned a PG thirteen rating for sure because there's a for sure there's yeah. a pool of corpses. Uh, <laughs> the old corpse pool. Yeah, corpse pool is probably going to get you PG-13. But yeah. Do you want to start a band called Corpse Pool? I do want to start a band called Corpse Pool. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. so like that one, you know, whenever Poltergeist 2 came out, they had invented PG-13 by yeah. then. So that one ru- was rated PG-13. Yeah. It's not nearly as good as the original. It's, but it's not, but good. it's got that good, that good creepy preacher guy that I, I really like. He, oh yeah, Kane. Yeah, like he that guy's performance is really good and and sells how sort of cheesy he is. Like he's Oh yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, otherwise he he would come off as cheesy cuz like the god is in his holy temple singing and stuff like Yeah. That that could easily fall into just silly, but that guy just he he keeps that intense face as he does it and everything. It's really creepy. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I think that he was like also dying of cancer, like really near death when they were filming it. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, which uh, I guess that I explains why he's so gaunt and emaciated looking. I might be wrong about that, but I think that was the scenario there. Yeah, both those are really, really cool flicks, man. Let us know over on the Facebook group if we missed your favorite Pidgeot 13 horror movie, because I'm sure that there's some that we missed, right? Absolutely. I mean, I I wrote down like 30 before I stopped writing them down, because I was just like, just going through and like, holy shit, there's so many. Yeah, no doubt. So let us know over on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash... Dead and lovely. lovely. Is that right? Yeah. A question mark? Do they need to put the question mark at the end of it like um, I did? No, that would that would probably mess it up. <laughs> dead and lovely? Just de- dead and lovely? <laughs> All right, Steve, the subject of today's episode is none other than Drunk Me to Hell, uh, which is a flick by good old Sam Raimi. came out in 2009, if I'm not mistaken, and I assume this was not the first time you've seen it. No, my wife and I actually, uh, we were talking about this because I said last episode that I remember actually having a physical copy of it, renting it, mm-hmm. and uh, we talked about it. We had gotten it back in the day from Netflix, like when you oh, would get you the DVDs in? in the mail. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. So we watched it, yeah, probably, I would guess, two thousand, late 2009 or early 2010. Right on. Because... Uh, Sam Raimi, you know, <laughs> like yeah, exactly. it was just what one else of those things. Like, of course, I'm going to watch it. Sam Raimi. So, did you like it the first time that you watched it? First time I watched it, I, uh, I, I was a little confused by the tone. Yeah. Right. What? Well, yeah. But yeah, I've subsequently watched it and liked it more. I did like it the first time. It was just, uh, it didn't. It didn't hit me the way it it hits me now. Where yeah. like watching it for the podcast, I was like, actually, this is really good. Like this is this is a good tone. They they really kind of nailed what they were going for. I just didn't, I just didn't know what to expect. I was for some reason expecting it to be more serious. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, the first yeah. time that we watched it. I think we like got together with a bunch of our friends from college or whatever, and you know this is before I was like really into scary movies and stuff. So, 
you know, we saw that thing at Blockbuster or the Food City <laughs> video department or whatever. Uh-huh. And I mean, the title <laughs> is so fucking metal and the poster is so metal. And yeah. I think that we were all like, this is going to be like the scariest movie ever. You know, we yeah. were ready to be a feared. A feared. <laughs> and at this point, like, I think I had seen the original Evil Dead. Maybe not, though, honestly. And I definitely had not seen Evil Dead 2. Right. So I was unfamiliar with Sam Raimi. Is a name that I knew, uh, you mm. know, probably if nothing else, at least from the Spider-Man movies or something. Yeah. But I didn't know his tone, and I didn't know his penchant for making silly, gross, comedic uh, horror. So whenever we watched it, I really didn't like it. I was like, this yeah, is supposed to be sense. scary, and there's this fucking shitty talking goat. Like, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get it. You know. Yeah. Um, there's so much silly cartoonish stuff in here that whenever I went into it not knowing the tone and not knowing Raimi's style, it really took me out of the movie and I didn't enjoy it. But, you know, since then, of course, I've gotten to see a bunch of Sam Raimi stuff. And so going into it this time, I was really excited. I was like, cool, like a Sam Raimi movie yeah. that I don't remember. You know, I didn't really remember much about it because I saw it again in you know, 2009, 2010. I didn't really remember much about it and I hadn't seen it right. since. So I was really excited to rewatch this one as a, you know, a now confirmed Raimi fanatic. And I loved it. I thought it was yeah. just really fun. Even even Kate was going into it like, yeah, I liked it, but, you know, I don't remember absolutely loving it. Uh-huh. We were sitting here watching this movie the other night. We're both just like, this is really fun. Like, this is just yeah. a good, fun, and funny movie that balances, you know, a little bit of supernatural tension and comedic elements and stuff like this amidst this story of this you know person that works at a bank getting a curse put on him by a Romani woman. And I want that to bring this up because um, I did not know that the term gypsy is not necessarily in favor and is viewed by many to be a, um, a slur. Yeah. I didn't know about this. I mean, you know, it's like guy living in... East Tennessee, I don't really encounter a lot of that culture, so I didn't know. Uh, Kate did some some research and tossed me a couple of articles to check out to kind of educate me on why that term has fallen out of favor with a lot of people. Um, apparently, a lot of you know Hungarian and Romani people feel the way that, especially women, are portrayed as you know gypsies in movies. It's either old crone that curses people or like sexy mysterious Esmeralda yeah um, woman like that's the only two types that there are and that yeah, term has apparently fallen out of favor and that's one of the reasons why didn't know just want to let everybody know yeah there, there's a lot of uh, othering going on there it's an uh, it's what's called an exogamous term okay. meaning it was applied to them from outside other people called them that they've never oh, called okay. themselves that so it it definitely has a lot of negative connotations mm-hmm. and you know they we're we're constantly evolving constantly learning new and better ways to not be an asshole so <laughs> make this one of them <laughs> we'll be we'll be saying romani throughout the rest of the episode yeah, exactly, uh, and that's and that's yeah, why. Yeah, so Romani or Roma are the appropriate ways to, uh, to uh, what do you, what's that? appropriate terms to you. There you go. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, this this is a, a curse based movie, but 
it really feels like a spiritual successor to the Evil Dead films. Yeah, absolutely so. Yeah, like it's it's got so much of that like Evil Deadness to it, and she's got a good bit of ash in her. In Especially some ways. later in the movie, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> she gets some yeah. singers in there too. She oh, does. She's like, yeah. choke on it, bitch. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. I love the I love the the little element they have of her having the the country accent that she's trying to lose but it comes out in the moments when she's like just real uh frazzled yeah uh, yeah <laughs> is it like after she fights uh the woman in the car or something that she gets out she's like i whipped yeah. your ass or something like that what'd you say? <laughs> I, I beat you old bitch yeah that's it yeah <laughs> yeah i like the southern thing in there i kind of wish they would have done it up more honestly because every time that it did happen it was always like really funny and really effective to me yeah i uh, maybe maybe they weren't sure about her southern accent because she's she's from california it's not a not a real southern accent she's putting on but i think she did a good job with those lines yeah definitely. So maybe maybe it was one of those things though that it, she couldn't hold it like she mm -hmm. couldn't keep it for more could than a line it. or something yeah yeah it could be man in my head naomi watts was the star of this movie and i don't know why Oh, well, I mean, Allison Loman and Naomi Watts are both pretty blonde ladies. I guess so. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Allison Loman is one of those people who, this is like her last major role, and it's it's crazy to me because- I know, she, right? She was in like Big Fish and Matchstick Men and so many other like big 2000s movies, and she did this, and it was a success, and she obviously did a good job in it. Uh, but she she wasn't pushed out of the industry or anything. She just decided that she wanted to have babies and be a mom. So There you go. Nothing wrong with that, man. Uh, follow your bliss. Yeah, she's married to director Mark Neveldine of Neveldine and Taylor fame, directors of Crank, one oh, of the best shit. action movies ever made. Crank is ridiculous. That is like Crank. watching a live action video game. Those yeah. movies are so fun, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the thing. While we were watching this, I was like, whatever happened to her? Because she's really good in this. Yeah, she is. She really is. And and she, she's just really good in everything. Like, she's really good in Big Fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Matchstick Man, too. And Matchstick Man. I have not seen that one, but my wife was telling me it's really good. I yeah, need to it watch it. it is a good it. movie, for sure. Yeah, like, after we watched the movie, like, in some of my, my you know, afterthought notes that I put down, I was like, I wish she kind of could have been maybe a little bit more charismatic, had more of those zingers and stuff. But then looking back on it, it's like you're the lead in a Sam Raimi movie that is similar tone to Evil Dead 2 and stuff like yeah. that. If they just basically tried to make a full-on female Ash, yeah, there, would, there would be no living up to that. Yeah, I mean, there would be work. nothing but unfair comparisons mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So it's like if they would have played her yeah. up more, it wouldn't have been good, I don't think. I mean, the the plot of the movie is based on unfair comparisons and, and the fact that she as a woman is having to act in a man's world specifically cold. Like, mm -hmm. she has to be more cold than the men mm -hmm. because otherwise she doesn't display that killer instinct that bankers need. Uh... I, I think that that yeah if she had played it more like Bruce Campbell it it wouldn't have worked it would have 
kept us from really getting into the plot and it also like it it would have been antithetical to the message of the movie which it i i think is that uh women women are expected to be colder and they get literally dragged for being that way like mm. in in the business world women yeah, are expected yeah, yeah. To, to suppress all emotion because showing any emotion is suddenly like oh that's all women are is emotion uh and then also for doing what they're expected to do they are also considered a cold ass bitch right like, yeah it's the kind of thing where like uh, a male politician can say something it's like oh he's he's got backbone and then a woman uh -huh. doesn't it's like she's a bitch fuck yep. her exactly yeah I, th I think that is what the the movie is getting at because uh, like you know i would say i would say sam raimi's other horror movies don't necessarily get at anything and i think this one really was trying to actually have a message because uh he and his brother ivan who he writes with sometimes mm -hmm. uh they they wanted to write this morality tale and show this like how just this one instance can lead to the path to destruction basically yeah but i think it also has that real strong sort of like it's particularly harder for women and that's why you know this is not female ash this is a female character in a situation similar to something ash was in and yeah she's got some quips and whatnot but she's her own thing yeah, totally, totally, which was the right move to make for sure. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear that take on it, too, because I saw some reviews from people that were like, this is a very sexist movie because it shows that, like women have no place in the workplace and things like this. And I don't I don't, I think, don't think that's that, what Sam Raimi was no, going for. I think he was trying to show how hard it is for women in the workplace. Yeah. And particularly displaying that sexism. Like, look, this is what they have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that there's also a lot of themes in the movie uh, that that you got to look at the time period this came out in to make him even more relevant. This movie came out in 2009, mm -hmm. uh, right after the gigantic financial crash, right? Like right. The home, the home yeah. market, and then how all yeah. of that like spun out of control, and there was a gigantic financial setback in the states. So this is dealing directly with a political issue. Yeah, <laughs> like I think so. A societal <laughs> issue, even you know. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think that's uh, that's another interesting element to this that you don't see a lot in Sam Raimi's work. Yeah, is totally. That he's a, he is actually uh, dealing with a political issue, even though the movie was written ten years before, in nineteen ninety eight ish ninety nine. Mm -hmm. They they definitely had this like this is the perfect time 2008 financial crash perfect time for this type of movie yeah totally yeah because i think that there's definitely a lot of messages in here about greed i think that there's a lot of messages about how i think in a lot of ways money is the root of all evil if you think about yeah. it this this mm -hmm. whole thing starts because uh you know again the uh the romani woman is overdue on her mortgage she can't pay it Mm -hmm. She goes and begs for, you know, her, her loan forgiveness and stuff there and for an extension. Our our protagonist there gets greedy, wanting that promotion and stuff, yeah. turns her down for it and gets cursed as a result of that. And then later on, like throughout the movie, you know, later she needs $10,000 to make this, you know, exorcism basically happen. 
Yeah. And it ruins her life, too. It's like, at exactly. the end of the day, money is kind of at the end of everybody's ruin in this, yeah. you know? To further that, um, the the thing that she curses is a button, and the in the movie, the button and a coin get mixed yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. And so even there's money right there, too, right? Yeah, the 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 sort of statement being made there is that like a, a coin is imbued with all the power that we give it. Oh, and wow, yeah. In the same way with the button. This button is imbued with this, like, magical power that gives it this this meaning yeah uh, it, it is it is in a lot of ways a question of like one like how you know money is the root of all evil but like what even is the value of money like why do we apply so much value to just this insignificant thing and yeah. so much importance yeah it's yeah i think that you're right and i think too like one thing that the the poster which i'll talk about the poster here in a second too um, as well as some of the things in this movie revealed to us is that, you know, our protagonist here has a good life. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously we see that she's living in this like really fucking sweet house in the middle yeah. of LA. You know, that's not cheap. No, that wouldn't be it. That's an, it's an East LA. It's near Dodger stadium. That thing well over a million dollars for that small house. Oh, for sure. I mean, definitely yeah. not paying for that on bank teller money. Maybe it was an inheritance or something like that. Well, she's yeah, got that but going. we know She's from the country, so yeah, she's probably deep in debt. Yeah, on, okay, on so that that's house. another thing yeah. I was wondering about because she's got this beautiful house. She like drives a Mercedes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She's got a great boyfriend and stuff. Her life seems very ideal, and yet here she is like dying for this promotion for this raise so she can make more money in the workplace and stuff. That just seems like it's really driving home this message of, you know, just greed, just unnecessary greed on her part, yeah. where. She's kind of living the dream. Even the uh, the poster for the movie, it says, like, she has a great job, a beautiful house, a perfect boyfriend, and in three uh -huh. days, she's going to hell or something like that. Right. Just kind of driving home, like, she doesn't need the money at all. No, it is it is about her own vanity and greed, yeah. Unless she is in debt up to her eyeballs because she's living way beyond her means. That's never really yeah. addressed in the movie. Um, as far as, like, maybe she is really in debt, who knows? But mm. either way, she's got it made, and that's kind of the the root of, of all evil here. That's <laughs> what and drives they, her to make more money. The interesting thing is that the movie throughout is showing the other side. It's showing men in her same situation not having to deal with this bullshit. Like, that's true. The men wanting to advance their careers, they don't get punished. The... You know, her, her boyfriend, Justin Long, whose parents are apparently very wealthy yeah. and have some say over who he's in a relationship with, like, he doesn't defend her to his parents. He's he's not standing up for her. He, the, the men are never doing particularly good things, but none of them get punished. That's true. She does one little insignificant seeming thing, and she gets dragged to hell. Yeah. It's... I mean, it is a huge deal, obviously. The thing that she does is terrible. She's <laughs> kicking an old lady out of her house. Like, that's shitty. But we're we're getting so many comparisons, so many male comparisons that are worse to just remind us, like, she she is making she is dipping her toe into this immoral or amoral world and that one little toe dip is enough to drag her to hell, whereas everyone else is 
just living fine in the world. They get to do th- they get to be these pretty terrible people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's definitely in there. And I was surprised to see that kind of commentary in a Raimi flick because, like you said, yeah. usually his flicks are just pure entertainment. So yeah. I do think that that stuff is intentional. It's not like mm-hmm. on Front Street, like beating you over the head with it. No, no. But I don't think it's hard to see what we're talking about whenever you watch this movie. It's yeah. also got a really great cast in there, and this is our third oh, Justin Long movie. It it's is. so weird because, like, I don't think of Justin Long as a horror movie actor, but we've talked about him in yeah. that piece of, piece of shit, Jeepers Creepers. Uh-huh, yeah, fuck Victor Salva. Tusk with uh, Tusk, by old Kevin is, Smith. Yeah, and an uh, uh, anti-fuck Kevin Smith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the opposite of fuck Kevin Whatever Smith. Whatever that would oh, be. <laughs> oh, oh, good fuck Kevin Smith. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the good kind. <laughs> the good kind. <laughs> and now this. It's funny because like, I just don't really think of him as being in a ton of horror flicks, but I don't know. This might be the last one that we can do with him in it, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't yeah, think he's I look, any other horror stuff. I actually was thinking about this, too, and looked through his, his whole filmography, and I do believe this is the last horror film that he's in that we will cover. He's in other things we might do as wild cards, but... Somehow, we have now covered Justin Long's entire horror oeuvre. <laughs> and we got a bunch of other uh, character actors in here that are exactly yeah. the kind of people that you look at and go, I know him from something. Uh-huh. Like the, David the boss Pamer. at the bank. Who the fuck is mm-hmm. that guy? David Pamer. He's the guy who you definitely know from something. He's yeah. uh, He has 170 credits. Holy Film and shit. television. 34 directing credits as well. That guy works his ass off. Yeah, he is. But yeah, you've definitely seen David Pamer in a million things. Damn, dude. He's uh, he's awesome in this, as well as like the guy that was doing the, the fortune telling later in the movie. I know him uh-huh. from something, too. Dilip Rao. He is from Inception and Avatar. Oh. This is, I think, his first film role. He was in more of a thea- uh, theatrical actor, but he also was on an episode of Jeopardy. No just shit. as a person, like <laughs> playing a person, just like, hey, it's me, Delete. Uh, and <laughs> he won like thirty five thousand dollars or something. Holy shit. So, what? Yeah. <laughs> just interesting fact about the leap route. But Damn. yeah, he, he's great in this. Who plays the old lady in it? Because she's fucking awesome. Uh huh. Lorna Raver. She is um, she was in freeway which is uh Kiefer sutherland and uh Re- no not renee zellweger um i don't know legally blonde what's her oh, name oh reese Fuck. witherspoon reese witherspoon yeah freeway pretty cool 90s movie very 90s but uh, she was in that but yeah like uh she does a great job is she an actual old lady or is it like prosthetics that we're seeing a lot of it's prosthetics and makeup yeah she's she's uh not that old now, how in the world did they get those prosthetics and makeup looking so good? Well, they got Greg Nicotero and Howard Berger to well, come on that'll in. that'll probably do it right there. That usually yeah. gets things looking pretty fucking good. Hell yeah. And it's, I mean, the one major flaw of this movie is its heavy use of not good CGI. Yeah. And the fact that Howard Berger and Greg Nicotero were on set and they were still doing CGI is sad to me. It is. And you know what, Steve? Let's listen out here in the distance. Can you hear this? Oh. Whoa. Did you hear that appealing snap? Oh, damn. I just got to crack open a cold one. Because when I think about how open. wasted 
Greg Nicotero was on this movie when they just put so much <laughs> crap CGI in it. I just got to get me a pull and wash it all away. Um, I'm drinking a, you, a Bell's Two Hearted. I thought you were going to say that Greg Nicotero was drunk the whole time. <laughs> what? Was he really? <laughs> he was wasted. <laughs> just wasted. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Bell's Two Hearted. Oh, okay. Just a, like. That's just a good old beer that yeah, you can get is. even at like gas stations and shit now. That is true. It's an enjoyable one. I got myself a big old pint can of that. That's just a good old tasty summertime sipper right there. Although, really, you mm-hmm. can have it anytime. It's always a good time for anytime Bells Any time of hard. the year. That's, right. That's true. We just, hey, Bells, send us some money. We'll make that commercial for you. There we go. It's always <laughs> a good time for a Bells Too Hearted. Yeah. <laughs> and as you said, this was written, like, basically right after Army of Darkness. And then Raimi got the um, the Spider-Man gigs. He did all those Spider-Man movies and made yeah. fuck tons of money and eventually just kind of returned to, to this, which is really cool because, you know, if you'd been living through that time period and seen Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and then you're like, and then a bunch of Spider-Man movies, whenever you're like, oh my God, Sam Raimi's doing another return to form like goofy horror yeah. movie. It had to be so exciting. So I think the timing couldn't have been better. I think, honestly, if he would have released this, like, right after Army of Darkness, I mean, for one, it probably would have had less shit CGI in it, but also the shtick might have been getting old at that point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because really the CG in this is the only thing that I feel really does detract from it. It's not yeah. It's not good. I mean, at no, the same time, bad. because this is such, like, a silly, stupid movie... You know, it doesn't really bug me and, like, take me no. out of it in a way where I'm like, I'm not scared anymore. I can tell that goat's fake. It's like, well, I wasn't scared anyway. I was here to be entertained by a Raimi movie. So I can, like, kind of sweep it under the rug. But if it was trying to be a serious, scary, scary movie. Yeah, it would be destroyed by the CGI for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't be able to take it seriously, like, at all. Yeah, I think I think it actually works just fine with the tone of the movie, but it still looks bad. But it's yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's just part of the again like spiritual successor to Evil Dead. Like Evil Dead movies were always like they were really pushing it with the effects. So yeah. CG is is a thing now. They want to push the effects again. Like Well, too, the thing that you got to think about is is, you know, like we said whenever we reviewed Army of Darkness, the level of special effects wizardry in that and like crazy shots that they did. And yeah, they did matte paintings effects. and stuff. Yeah, it's so insane. so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got to think he went and got Marvel money and made three movies <laughs> off of that. You know, that'll probably change you as a filmmaker where you're like, actually, I don't have to set this guy up on a sawhorse next to the interstate at three in the morning in a night costume to make it look like he's riding a horse. Um, it's a yeah. lot easier, actually, if you just hand this over to Post and have them do it in, in CGI than doing it on set. I'm not saying like he got lazy or anything like that, but I no. guess making movies on that scale coming from, you know, the original Evil Dead being made in a cabin in fucking Morristown, Tennessee, right. it probably does change <laughs> you a little bit. It probably does. It And like, yeah, Spider-Man, the... the spider-man trilogy that he did you know he would have relied a lot on on cgi especially for the web swinging scenes and the battle scenes like to to know that that's there it it probably was you know like well yeah we'll just rely some on cgi but then the budget's only 30 million so the cgi isn't to the level of the spider-man cgi or i mean even iron man had just come out the year before this 
That's and compare nuts Iron to Man to this, and it's like, oh, there's no this comparison. Like archaic, no. yeah, yeah. This this CG is kind of even bad for 2009. Like by 2009, yeah. they were getting like good enough to where okay, you could you could probably get some decent looking realistic effects in your movie, but this is bad even by 2009 standards. Well, think think about this. Troll Hunter came out around this time with a much lower budget. Wow. Yeah. And the way CGI lower. in Troll Hunter looks better. Right. Yeah, because they were clever about how they did it. I mean, they did so yeah. much of the CG in that movie in night vision and in the dark and stuff like this. Exactly. Like, this they're this showing it good. like just full light, like the goat. Yeah. Like, we were talking about it before. I do think the goat was a puppet and, and then enhanced with CGI. I think so. But it's it's in pure light. Like it's just a fully lit room. Yeah. So yeah, it feels like a dark just candlelight terrible. room. They probably could have like got away with it a lot more than, like you said, just showing it full on in broad light like that. And there's other parts too where it's like, why did you even bother doing CG there? I think it might be like when the old lady's like eyeballs shoot out. At yeah, her. when the anvil falls on her. Let's <laughs> <laughs> no, not forget how awesome this movie is. When Dude. talking about the shitty CGI, because an anvil falls on somebody's head. Yeah, I mean the <laughs> fact that it is like so blatantly unrealistic. Almost yeah, makes it goofy. more cartoonish. Yeah, but that is that is a shot that normally what Sam Raimi would have done is show the anvil falling towards her head and then show uh, Allison Lohman get sprayed with blood. Yeah, and it would have been great. But instead, they wanted to show it, and so to show it, they used shitty CGI, and the shitty CGI then looks real terrible. And then they use CGI blood on her face instead of just some fake blood. Exactly. Which never, ever works. Like, nope. fake CGI blood never looks good, ever. Never. And I don't know why they, especially with that particular scene, didn't just do that practical. I mean, the whole rest of either. the movie is in typical Sam Raimi fashion, the star of the movie getting all kinds of fluid thrown at their face. <laughs> And again, it'd be really easy to watch this and be like, that's really sexist that he's having like this, you know, attractive blonde woman get liquid shot at her face the whole movie. But, but no. it's like, no, Sam does he that did to it everybody. to Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for three movies. <laughs> yeah. There's no sexism involved. In fact, I bet there was some sexism in that he probably wasn't as mean to her as he was to Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he spent like three movies just making Bruce's life miserable <laughs> yeah but I'm, of course that's because they're really close friends yeah it'd be it would be hard to take on any other actor and then just be like Make them do oh, we're shit. just gonna hit you in the face with tree limbs yeah <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about it is too is i think those you know kind of crappier cgi moments are made even more obvious by the fact that there's also some like great practical effects stuff in here mm -hmm. that is so effective yeah. and so disgusting dude whenever she's at that that funeral and the oh. coffin tips over and it's just dude, all the like that... embalming fluid or whatever spilling out of her mouth like into her mouth and on her face and stuff dude it's so that fucking is the gross. ultimate wake party foul <laughs> to fall <laughs> onto the, the corpse yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that that looks great yeah what like if that's, the, like, a, a fun way to do, like, shots at a wake is, like, you pour the liquor in the corpse's mouth, and then they <laughs> kind of, like, mama burn it to you? You know this has been done is the thing. Like, we joke, but somebody out there has Well, yeah, I know this. definitely Gigi uh, Allen's funeral, they were, like, pouring liquor in his <laughs> mouth and shit. I know that to be true. Oh, my uh, God. 
anyway but yeah like the that scene though that they do it has like that practical rubber face yeah that like gets caught on her jaw that also they used earlier in the fight scene oh when my the God. lady loses her teeth and just that fight her. scene is awesome dude that fight scene is fucking awesome we were watching yeah. that and it goes on a long time it does in a car like yeah. it's just and we're so sitting cool. there and we're both just like this is an awesome fight scene like mm-hmm. when you think it's over it keeps going it keeps and like, going yeah more and more nasty stuff starts happening i love that reveal of her in the back seat when she gets in the car really uh-huh. cool yeah really she's just cool. kind of like in yeah. shadow and then you get a little light on the face and then mm-hmm. she attacks her and stuff dude that scene where she loses her teeth and starts gumming her face holy <laughs> shit dude the thing about then, it is, dude, is like in a post-COVID or during COVID world. Oh yeah, everything That's, is more disgusting. It Everything's is more disgusting. Everything dude. is more disgusting because you're just like, oh no, like yeah, you guys shouldn't even be in the car together. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. Like I haven't shaken somebody's hand in probably like four or five months. At this it's point. gonna be weird when we get back to it. It Ugh. will be weird for a I'm while. I'm okay with abolishing feel like. the handshake, man. Just do an elbow yeah. tap, fucking kick each other's shoes, do a bow that's fine that's respectful handshakes are gross man dude okay just quick little little detour this is why we can't have nice things and this is why we can't (laughs) live in a society so remember i said earlier that that last weekend we went out with grayson for a little outdoor drink on the patio of a postmodern right right at some point there i did have to pee so i went inside and went to the bathrooms that are in there and i'm standing at the urinal taking a piss a guy comes in and is standing next to me in the other urinal there's a wall and stuff of course but right at first, I was like, wow, this is the first time I've peed next to somebody since probably like March, like early March, you know? Uh-huh. I was like, wow, that's weird. And then, of course, this guy, you know, zips his pants up, flushes the urinal with his hand, and just walks out without washing his fucking hands. Jesus. So it's like, God damn it, dude. Like, this is why we can't have anything nice. No. Uh, yeah. Ugh. So gross. So, yeah, in this movie, considering that, like, that's the level that we are in terms of, like, germophobia right now, whenever you've got somebody gumming on somebody's face or they're, <laughs> like, the, the fucking bug vomit scene. Oh, oh, man. It's all so much grosser. That scene looks great. Yeah, it does. It does look great. And that it's obviously practical. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Though, I, I, think, I think a couple of the side shots of the vomit are CG- that makes sense. But m- almost all of it seemed practical and, and, yeah, really plays out well. What do you think about uh, the main character, like, getting face fisted? <laughs> Gets that whole arm down her throat, dude. Dude, I, that scene looks great, especially because, like, uh, we see the the guy in the, the uh, like, seance scene. We see that like helper guy puke up the cat and it's oh, CG yeah. and it looks terrible, but it they does did look bad. the but they did the arm and the in the throat uh practical and it looks good. Right. Like yeah. why did just you know, just stick with the practical. It, no it doubt. always would have been better. You could have still used some CGI or whatever. I'm sure like some of it you just don't catch, but almost all of it you can tell very clearly. That's computer and it's shit. Yeah, exactly. Every now and then the CG is okay. I like the shadow demons that are in the house that are just uh-huh. kind of like the claws yeah. and the hooves. Those yeah. look good. Yeah, they did. That's true. But uh, predominantly bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's yeah. some, but there are definitely some moments that, that don't look bad at all. 
But dude, the thing that really gets me about a lot of the gross out moments, uh, even including like when she gets that like wicked nosebleed and like bleeds all <laughs> over everybody in the bank, which is so nasty. Yeah. Dude, the comedic timing and the way that they show those things is is so fantastic. It's perfect. Yeah. Because like even even whether she's at the funeral and, and again you got all the like you know fucking corpse fluid dribbling all over her <laughs> face with that corpse on top of her. Like at first when it shows it the first time for like the first split second you're like oh my god, and then it keeps showing it. Yeah. It just keeps going to where you start <laughs> laughing and you're yes. still like oh my god, but you're laughing the whole time, you know? Yeah. But it never goes so long on anything that you're like okay I get it it's fucking gross no. whatever move on. Uh, it's it's just so well edited. The amount of yeah. time they choose to show you those moments is perfect, in my opinion. Well, and uh, uh, Bob Morawski, who's the editor, and Sam Raimi. Uh, Sam Raimi apparently loves to be in the editing booth, like, and and really that, just yeah. to to really like nail down each shot and timings and stuff. So, like, you're. I mean, you're right. He does. He does push it to the point where it's ridiculous and silly but doesn't push it too far oh yeah because it's hard yeah. to know where that line is i mean you've edited yeah, our videos and stuff a million times and of course uh -huh. i edit my own guitar videos all the fucking yeah. time which have some humorous elements in them yeah. and the amount of time you spend going like is it funnier if i'm here for two more frames or is that too long yeah and if i cut those two frames out does it go by too fast like you obsess yeah. over those little editing choices like that they're yep. hard to get right aren't they they are they are for sure but well i mean that is that is why um editing is is such an art in horror films i think oh, yeah. especially because oh, yeah. how long you show something and like how much of it gets seen like that is so important in horror yeah definitely man and especially with the comedic elements in this too it's it's just the perfect amount of gross out and disgust and horror yeah. that you have fun every time there's something nasty yeah. happening on screen uh -huh. And the thing about it, too, is, like, that's part of why it made it so hard to forget, or sorry, so hard to remember, rather, that this is a PG-13 movie. Like, yeah. it doesn't feel like anything was scrapped, where you could tell, like, no. oh, they really wanted to do this thing, but they had to just cut away and not show it. Like, it, yeah. it really feels good. It doesn't feel neutered at any point. Yeah. And you said you watched the unrated cut of this which i didn't i, did. I watched the regular theatrical one was it any different was there any more like extra gore I, or anything like that i don't think it was much different really like yeah. there was I, don't, I mean i think maybe the scene where she kills the cat was a little longer yeah we don't see that in the theatrical one that's all yeah in the, which is totally in, the fine. Un, in the unrated she you see her kill the cat and uh yeah emily was not happy about that and oh you see it then yeah you don't need to see it Nah, it's just yeah. as effective with that having happened yeah. off off screen and we oftentimes yeah. critique like like we said in the lodge last week it's like you really don't have to kill the fucking pets yeah, in the movie every single time but yeah. some sometimes sometimes it's necessary i think it's necessary in this to just show how far away she's gotten from her original morality yeah yeah because even like whenever the uh the fortune teller guy like tells her to do it she's like i can't do that i'm a vegetarian yeah <laughs> and then like w after she does it that's when they have the dinner with the parents with justin long's parents in this and uh he he 
they're talking about the cat, Hecuba, and she says, I had a cat. Yeah, and, <laughs> I like that. That was funny. Yeah, and she's, he says has, and she's like, ah, who knows? Cats come and go. It's like, she's already, she doesn't even care about it. She's not shaken by the fact that she killed her cat. She's already, like, flippantly referring to it. So, it's, we're, at no point are we supposed to, uh, feel like she is redeemed or a good person but i i think at the end we are supposed to also see her being dragged to hell as maybe an overreaction to what happened <laughs> like it's 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 like comedically over the top when she oh, yeah. instead of getting hit by a train gets dragged into hell Dude, literally like flesh is burning off and her yes. eyes are kind of bugging out yeah that looks okay because it goes by so fast and it's also such yeah. a like what the fuck moment you know it it the rocks resettling look real bad yeah that doesn't, that doesn't terrible, look yeah. great no yeah. and i'll tell you too like that's one of the things about this movie that i thought was really fun is that it is one of the ultimate like put the ending on front street and yep. nobody will expect it. Like the movie's called Drag Me to Hell. The poster for the movie is her getting drugged. Is her down getting to hell. dragged to hell? <laughs> and yeah. then that's the ending of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And you're watching it and you're like, well, that's not gonna happen. She's the main character. She's got this redemptive arc. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, the poster told you the end of the fucking movie. And as a result of that, you kind of never would have guessed that was gonna happen, you know? But dude, um I I know there's no need for a sequel, but how awesome would it be for a sequel to start with her being dragged into hell and then her fighting her way out of hell with a shotgun? I'm not going to lie. That sounds Raimi-tastic. I would, that would be, be awesome. very okay yeah. with that because that was one of my initial things that uh, was one of my like you know likes about this movie is it is such a tidy, self-contained no need for a sequel. Don't leave it open. She fucking yeah. gets drugged to hell at the end of the movie. I was like, I like that they kept it so succinct and self-contained. But now that you mentioned that, and especially yeah, considering how like badass she got towards the end of the movie, yeah, I would be okay with that. And especially, you know, even now, I mean, this is made in 2009. It's 2020 now. So even if you did manage to get her out of acting retirement and she comes back and she's like 11 years older, it's like, well, she's been in hell that long. Yeah. You know? That would be awesome. I think I, that'd be I'm okay. telling you, man. I could, I could totally get into a drag me to hell too with Allison Lohman fighting her way out of hell with a yeah. shotgun, and it'd be called drag me out of hell. <laughs> drag me out of hell, shit, yeah, man. And then at the end, at the end, you absolutely would have to tease some sort of like her and Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Oh my up. god. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, I'd be very okay with that. Well, and also too, if you did a sequel, you could also explore what Justin Long's character was like as a result of all this stuff because the whole movie yeah. he's like the skeptical guy mm -hmm. that doesn't believe in anything. And then the yeah. last shot of the movie is him watching this shit, realizing it's real. He's got this yes. like devastated <laughs> look on his face. And then he Fuck just turns demons and like, exist. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And then he just turns and looks at the button, and that's the end of the movie. I mean, like, the aftermath <laughs> of that dude's life is going to be fucked. Seriously. His dating history is just yeah. ruined now. <laughs> seriously. What happened to your last girlfriend? Well, well it's complicated. I, I mean, you guys a hellmouth well, opened up in the train tracks and swallowed her, so... Yeah. Also, demons and hell are real... 
Yeah, I, I would totally be open for a sequel about it if it's going to take that direction right there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. I, I really do think that would be, like, well worth the investment because if you if you were to put 30 million into that now in 2020 it would be you know cut the cg just give us all practical effects and have her fighting demons in hell like yeah god damn i would love it uh but yeah i i i think this movie aside from the cgi being bad looks great I think so too, and I like yeah, that they're not well afraid shot. to do daytime horror. Like the scenes yes. where she's in her house uh-huh. and the shadows are coming at her and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's the goat yeah. outside. Is like broad daylight, which just mm-hmm. doesn't get done enough. Yeah, it does not. And uh, this is the cinematographer for this. I Ben, I just have to read you some of his credits because he he's amazing, and he he worked on Evil Dead too, and and stuff. But give me that here's hit some, list. Here's some of the movies that he was cinematographer for. House Party, Drop Dead Fred, Oh shit. My Cousin Vinny. Oh, dude. Son-in-Law. Awesome. Roger's favorite. And then, and then Lost Highway, what? Austin Powers, and Scream 2, all in 1997. Holy shit. Those three movies, if you were to watch them back to back to back, you would be like, these things have nothing in common. Oh, but they do. <laughs> That's insane. So you're saying this guy's like flexible as fuck to get the work done. Yeah. How Like, how do you go? Like, yeah. House party. Drag me to hell. My cousin. Like, how do you make all those movies? And like, just thinking about them, it's like, yeah, those movies actually do all look really good. Right. Like, even house party thinking about it, it's like that movie was better shot than it needed to be. <laughs> Right, it was one of those, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, and this movie is totally covered in like Sam Raimi-isms. Like one thing that he just loves putting in a movie is like inanimate objects clattering or flying around. <laughs> yeah. He fucking yeah. loves that stuff, especially yeah. with like a fast zoom in on it and stuff. Uh, That's all over this. It's also got the motherfucking classic in it, which is what the old lady yeah. in the movie drives. Mm-hmm. The yep. classic being, uh, mm-hmm. it was actually his car right sam raimi's I think, right like first yeah. car or something it's like an old movie it's the car they used in evil dead and appears in uh all three evil dead movies yep. this movie as well and even in the spider-man movies it's like yep. on the back of a tow truck at some point uh-huh. <laughs> if i'm not That's mistaken a cool little easter egg yeah in uh in army of darkness didn't they like take the car apart and like use parts of the car in the gears of the machines and shit like that so it's still technically in there Yes, that is it. Nuts. Yeah, they. Uh huh. I love <laughs> like, it. I love that commitment just, to keep that joke going. Yeah, and I, I wonder what it does. Most of, it's just sitting in a, a storage unit somewhere right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's got to be like the, the most filmed car ever. Like yeah. that specific car. <laughs> so good, just, man. Yeah, just a, a that just a, a hideous car. <laughs> Which is funny too to think that this was almost not a Sam Raimi movie. Right. This was almost directed by Edgar Wright. Sam Raimi was just going to produce it. Um, But Edgar Wright was filming Hot Fuzz at the time. And he also felt like if he did it, it would just be like Sam Raimi karaoke because he's such a huge Sam Raimi fan. He would just be trying to imitate Sam Raimi. Yeah. Like his voice, you know, Sam Raimi's voice is so much in the writing that it would be unavoidable to make it just look like someone doing a Sam Raimi. It'd be like somebody doing a 
a Tarantino movie or something like that. Like even when right. you watch <laughs> True Romance, True Romance that was not directed yeah. by by Tarantino, but yeah, it's written it's, by uh, Tony it feels, Scott. Right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like somebody directing a Tarantino movie. It just still has his voice all over it. Um, yeah. Edgar Wright would have been a good choice. I mean, obviously he's a big Sam Raimi fan. I would also say like Peter Jackson probably could have done this movie some justice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is because, yeah, Peter Jackson is a huge Sam Raimi fan. And, like, this is the type of thing, like, this, this movie actually, like, the interior of that house reminded yeah. me of uh, Brain Dead slash uh, whatever it's Dead called. Alive, yeah. Dead Alive, yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. I was having the same kind of flashbacks. And, and, again, just those, like, really silly moments. Like, God, uh-huh. dude, the anvil over the head. That's just amazing. I Like, that's amazing. so cartoony and ridiculous. And that's, like, those are big inspirations for Sam Raimi's directing. Cartoons and the uh, Three Stooges. Like, yeah, he's a absolutely. huge fan of just the silly, cartoony violence yeah and even just the improbability of the fact that this like bank teller living in la would have an (laughs) anvil strung up by rope (laughs) in this like attic or wherever it's just so stupid man but it's it's just so very looney tunes that it works you know it does it works great (laughs) i love it now steve you had some stuff that you're going to tell me about the about the monster in this movie the lamia lamia what is that lamia yeah lamia it's a weird choice they made because the Lamia is normally a, a female seductress with serpentine qualities. Okay. It's also known as like a child eater. Oh. Uh, none of that comes into play in no. this. And in fact, it's a goat uh, creature. Way more baphometic. Is, yeah. Yeah. Baphomet right there. Like, why not just use that? Because uh, hmm. Lamia, I, I get it's a interesting word or whatever but is like there it has a, a, is there a tradition of that in like romani culture or anything where does that that myth come from uh well i mean it, it, i no there wasn't really any connection i could find to hmm. romani culture honestly like it, it's i mean any any number of demons or or creatures could have been used for this the idea that they picked lamia just like almost randomly is weird yeah. In 2009, even it's like, well, people have the internet. <laughs> like, yeah, they Wikipedia can, they can exists. Fact check that. Yeah, I guess in a way, you know, considering the the Romani nature of the of the old lady in this, it's like you could kind of pick up something from about any mythology just to bring in the fact that she was, you know, maybe a nomadic person that's traveled all over the world and picked up perhaps curses yeah, you, and stuff like this all over the yeah. place. But still, get the monster right. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, it's a simple solution. Like just change it to Baphomet or whatever, and yeah. and or change the creature to a serpentine creature. That would uh, work too, man. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they went with that. What is with the fascination and continual return to like witchcraft that we always have in okay. horror Why do you think that that's so this, such a thing? I think this is part of the message of the movie. Okay, so. The reason things like witchcraft and astrology and things like that exist, and even religion, I believe, the reason these things exist is not is not to feel powerless. It's to feel powerful. It's okay. to say, like, uh, I can affect, I can influence the world by uh, you know saying these words and putting these symbols together and Mm -hmm. and using these particular like candles or whatever like 
it 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 comes from this need for power amongst the powerless so okay yeah anytime magic has been like uh, used very uh, uh reasonably in a community like used as a, a an element of their mythology and stuff it it, it doesn't obviously doesn't work but it makes people feel less powerless and mm. this the the creature our our demon in this is i think like this in a way it's like the the demon in this isn't actually a bad guy the demon is is the power of the powerless it's the power of the the people who can't fight back against the bank the people who yeah. can't fight back in in this uh economy and things the 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 demon is coming to reap revenge on the people who are making it hard to live right so yeah yeah because it's it's even made clear that she had the choice to extend her loan exactly she chose not to the and the woman begged her even before yeah. cursing her and it's like it, at that point like if you you have to be heartless to reject it because she was told by her boss it was her choice he didn't tell her that she couldn't do it she was told it was her choice she could have extended the loan but no yeah she made so basically that the, the demon isn't necessarily a negative evil yeah. spirit per se it's yeah not, it's, it's a, not taking this out on someone who doesn't deserve it or anything right. like that yeah the the demon magic in in so many instances is really just a representation of the the people getting their way finally like yeah 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 so, i think what you're saying about about just the need for feeling empowered or feeling you know yes. clarity or, or something like that by common people in these situations i think is really true and i think that's also why i mean over and over it's like anything can happen these days and then the next day there's like 27 different conspiracy theories floating yep. around on facebook i saw some fucking bullshit floating around saying like Oh, George Floyd had this Masonic tattoo on his chest. Blah 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 blah. Jesus and it's like, God damn it, dude. Christ. Dude, like Alan Moore, you know, like graphic novelist Alan Moore, comic writer uh -huh. Alan Moore, fucking dark yeah. motherfucker. Yes. Uh he put out this statement the other day that was just so crushing about people that are just like looking for conspiracy theories to explain yep. anything away. And I mean, it was just so typically Alan Moore. He's like, I don't want to fucking be the one to break it to you, but there is no Illuminati. There is no Jewish banker conspiracy. Nope. There is none nope. of this or that. Life is actually that fucked up and hopeless. Yep. <laughs> like, it, it was really so is. fucking cold. But yeah. people just want to have a way to explain how it's and why things are happening. Yeah. It's about grasping power for yourself. If you can say this is what's happening, you have power over it. You at yeah. the very least know what's happening. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that the world is that fucked up and humans are that fucked up that shit happened. Yeah, bad shit and it happens. Has, it has no, like, sometimes, of course, I mean, tons of the shit that is uh, happening now is definitely a uh, conspiracy, but it's not like some sort of weird, crazy, out there conspiracy. It's the um, we're politicians and we can make a ton of money off this pandemic, so we're gonna. Yeah, totally. Like, it, it, there's no, there's no denying it's happening, but it's also like, that's, that makes you feel more powerless. 
recognizing that that's exactly what's happening so you have you come up with this crazy conspiracy theory to make it all right to make yeah. it acceptable well the the real you know the real conspiracy <sighs> theories and stuff out there are the ones that just recognize that humans did some really fucked up bad shit and then after the fact after something terrible has happened a bunch mm-hmm. of greedy white bastards you know sat around a table and said how can we profit off of it now yep. that happens yeah that does happen I, I, and they prepare well ahead of time for events like this Just it's, it's easy yeah yeah it's easy to do when you have unlimited resources it's very easy to be like well you know what if a pandemic happens it's inevitable it's going to occur how could we make the most money off of it yeah 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 you know one thing too i'll say about that whole curse situation and lamia and all that stuff lamia lamia i keep saying it wrong well yeah i I, they say lamia in this i think or lamia lamia maybe i don't remember y'all know what i'm talking about i'm pretending to say nothing right i don't say nothing right one thing that I like about the way the whole curse plays out that isn't really super played up in the movie is the way that the curse essentially reverses the roles of yeah, the exactly. old lady and our protagonist, yeah. where it's like the old lady starts off begging for money, and then by the end of the movie, our protagonist yeah. is begging for money, and she's getting drugged yeah. to hell and all this stuff. Like Their yeah. roles really do end up reversed. And in the same way that I was saying earlier that the coin and the button are like interchangeable, like it's like in the, in the early thing and the thing with value yeah yeah in the early bit she she is refusing to give up the the power of money by allowing this person to to you know just stay in their house without making the payment uh and later she is begging people to take this money from her this this button she would love for anybody to just take this button from her yeah but no one will like she, she is. Yeah, the entire dynamic has been flipped. Dude, how perfect is that graveyard scene where she goes and digs her back up, <laughs> and it's like raining. It's like she's in the middle of like fucking Jurassic yeah. Park mud in that yeah. grave, and the corpse is like popping up out of the water and bobbing in front of her face. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah. It's so perfectly Raimi, dude. It, it, that scene would fit yeah. in Evil Dead too. It's perfect. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. The also like. The, the scene where all of her kitchen stuff starts, like, shaking and whatnot. That's what I'm saying. It, Inanimate objects yeah. clattering, dude. Randy yeah, loves like, it, yeah, man. That was, yeah, so much like Evil Dead 2 with the, the, the kitchen fight with his, his own hand. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Honestly, anytime I think, like, put into words a description of an Evil Dead movie, I re-love those movies. Right. There's a scene where a man fights his own hand. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't love that, you might be right yeah. there. You might be right there. Yeah, like it's fucking amazing. Like I love Sam Raimi's entire aesthetic, just his whole feel. Like the idea that like you can use all this gross, demonic, evil stuff to make really funny physical comedy. Oh, yeah, absolutely so. And this movie is so well-paced, too. Like, there's yeah. never a moment in this where it feels like it's dragging or yeah. anything could be cut. Like, it's a really tight movie to me. It is. That just it's short. By. I mean, it's like an hour 38. Like, I mean, that's not short. That's about where movies should be. But, like, totally, it, it doesn't feel long at all. Yeah. Now, there's one kind of, like, underdeveloped element in this story that I'm trying to work out myself. And again, maybe uh-huh. it all ties into kind of what you were saying earlier about just how 
you know, exceedingly difficult it is to be a woman in society. But yeah. there's kind of this like backstory about her formerly being fat and she like yeah. walks by that like bakery window and then later later on like she freaks out when she's gonna eat a piece of cake yeah. and there's the the eye of the old woman in it and she stabs it and like can't eat anymore. Like it seems like yeah. there's definite overtones about eating and yeah, the, being overweight the, and stuff in this. Yeah, the, there's that whole feel basically for her is never good enough. Like that she can never be good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I mean that that I do think is the central theme of the movie is that for women it's you're set up to impossible standards. You're asked to be exactly like a man, but not like a man, and anything you do uh, out of line will get you dragged like it will yeah. get you dragged through the mud or dragged to hell like you 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 can't win basically right it definitely seems that way yeah and i, I love to just that whole thing at the very end of the movie where it turns out that it was the the button in the envelope instead of the coin yeah like all those just like little or rather the other way around the coin in the envelope yeah. rather than the button i love that because that's just been such a low-key unimportant thing in the movie yeah and then the entire ending hinges on it i love that little reversal i think it's fantastic yeah. i think i think it, it, this is just a really good job in storytelling which i i feel like you get Sam and Ivan Ramey together and then give them a decade to work on the story they've already come up with they're, they're probably going to make it better. Yeah. And they definitely made a really, like, just entertaining, but also, like, affecting film. It, it sticks with you. I think the only thing that's ever really holding it back from being considered one of the greats is that CGI. Yeah. I think if it had, like, Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness level yeah. special effects, this would be one of those ones that, like really does sit up there with those yep. movies, you know? Because the practical yep. effects in those and his commitment to making stuff work on yeah. the cheap. I mean, it's like very Robert Rodriguez-esque yes. the way that Sam Raimi used to do stuff. Where it's exactly. Like, like I said, fucking a guy in a night costume on a sawhorse. That's a, a guy riding into battle on a horse for all the camera knows. Yeah. I love how innovative and creative he had to get to do those shots. And I think that if this movie would have had more of that... It would have helped it along quite a lot. Um, at the same time, like I said, it doesn't like completely ruin the movie for me because it's supposed to be kind of stupid. So when I see the stupid CGI, it doesn't ruin it for me, but it would be better if it wasn't there. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel too. It's, it's not that it ruins it for me. It's that if it were practical, it would just make the movie better. It'd be better. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like at the end of the day, it would be better for that. But otherwise, mm -hmm. I have very little to complain about. Soundtrack yeah. is great. Uh, again, the gore is great and hilarious whenever it's practical. Fucking Octavia Spencer's in the background of the bank. <laughs> she, what is she, she doing is. in here? I, she's also in a, a, a background role in Spider-Man. I don't know. She, maybe she's just friends with Sam Raimi. Not sure. I, I couldn't. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't find anything on it. But yeah, she just appears in the background of a couple of his movies. Yeah, I can't complain about much, man. Do you got any final thoughts and a rating for this bad boy? Yeah, uh, final thoughts. This is uh, a spiritual successor to the Evil Dead series that it, it fits right in. I would absolutely love now, a decade more later, 
for them to go back and make uh, a sequel where it's just her fighting through hell. I'm with you. Very Army of Darkness type of just ridiculousness. I would love yep. that. I'd be okay for that. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as this, as you said, this is a self-contained movie that works perfectly fine by itself. It tells one singular story at the end. There are no questions. It's just like, okay, she's in hell now. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> Probably shouldn't be a shitty person. Uh, and I, I think the message that it, uh, I, I do really believe that the, the female centric sort of message, the idea of how hard it is for women to navigate the, the world with all these expectations on them. I think that's a really good and interesting thing to see from Sam Raimi. Totally. And in a horror movie too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. To, to see him like explore those things in just a silly little horror movie is, is, is really cool. I, I mean, yeah, CGI bad, but the actors are all great. Everybody really uh, comes out for this. I like Justin Long's parents and how like just uptight they are. Yeah, waspy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just it, it's it's real interesting to see the way that this plays out and to just know that like it even though it's just silly most of the time that it's it still like plays well as a horror movie with like all that like three uh three stooges anvil falling on the head ridiculousness that you expect from sam raimi so i love this movie absolutely fun it's probably like a eight eight and a half for me yeah dude yeah. i'm totally i'm totally I'm right there. there with you like like eight i think for me is where i would put this movie it's like yeah in terms of sam raimi stuff it's below evil sure. dead 2 yeah. and army of darkness yeah um you know the original evil dead as as incredible as that is and what a feat of like budget this is a better is. movie yeah. yeah like i don't love watching evil dead like it's not always a fun time just to sit and watch because it is yeah. so ridiculously low budget mm -hmm. and early horror and stuff like that yeah um, that it's not one that i have fun watching this is like fun to watch you know yes it is so yeah i'm with you man i think about an eight is where i would stick this and really cool flick and it's also cool for me too just to see how my opinion of this movie has changed so much over the years considering my my journey further into the depths of of horror you know because the first time yeah. i watched it i totally didn't get it and i think if you're not familiar with sam raimi and that tone yeah it makes sense to not like this you'll watch it and be like it's For stupid sure. you know it's trying to be scary but it's just kind of stupid and there's like an old lady that appears on her cell phone <laughs> in that one scene <laughs> i think you just not get it i didn't get it the first time i watched it you know yeah, I understand that. That, that, that all on, makes sense. Now that I'm on this side of my horror journey, I really appreciate it and love it, and it just reeks of Raimi. So I hope that we get to see more stuff like this from Sam in his career. I really yeah. hope that I really hope that we get more out of it, you know? Yeah. I mean he's he's really in that producer role now, but he does he he will be directing the next Doctor Strange movie. Oh, Doctor yeah, Strange right. in the Multiverse of Madness. So, oh, man. Which I've heard is going to have like, some horror elements and stuff in it, too. So yeah. I'm so excited I'm about that. super excited for that. Yeah. I Because I, like that, that is just the perfect world for him, the Doctor Strange world, because you oh, yeah. can really do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's done comic book stuff, and he's done supernatural stuff. It's yeah, a perfect exactly. fit. Exactly. 
obvious. Yeah, fit, he knows you know? what he's doing. He 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 probably is gonna absolutely nail that movie. So I, I'm excited for that. Don't I mean it's right now set for 2022 though. I think everything's gonna be pushed back a year. So oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah. get like so many just crushing awesome movies in a row. Next Hell year. yeah. It's going to be like yes. 1984 all over again. We're like, if you look at the movies released in 84, it's like yeah. there was a, you know, top 10 movie released every week in 1984. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I think that next year is probably going to be about the same way. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's going to be a fun time. People are uh, going to be excited to get out to theaters too. So yeah, even, no if it's, even if it's just mildly good, people are going to be like, you see that fucking movie? Holy shit, no doubt. movies, <laughs> motion pictures, and you can see other people. It's crazy. Yeah, but the downside is we're all going to have that Bill Gates tracking microchip implanted oh, in our right. bodies. Yeah, the mark yeah. Of the beast, and fi- so. 5G is going to just keep giving us other viruses. God damn. Do you remember a couple <laughs> months ago when like 5G was what we were fucking up in arms about? Well, not us, but fucking not idiots us. were up yeah. in arms people about. People burning down 5G towers. Yeah. Dude, Kate showed me this awesome video the other night. I can't remember her name, but she's so funny. Maybe I'll put it up on the Facebook group or something like that. But she's like a female YouTuber from Canada that's hilarious. And the video was like April me talking to January me. Mm. You know? So it's like (laughs) like she went back in time to January and like her January (laughs) self was like, Oh man, these fires all over Australia. I feel like this is going to be the crazy. defining moment of 2020, and the year's just started, right? <laughs> and like April, the April version of her was like, "That was this year, huh?" Yeah, I forgot about that. You just mentioned it. it's like, "Oh right." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happened. Jesus. Dude, I mean, I was telling somebody the other day about this, but like several months ago, me and my main man Andy Wood were talking about putting together a a concert in Nashville with a ton of people for disaster relief for the tornadoes that destroyed nashville jesus that happened this yeah year. and then like two weeks later we were like oh shit i guess this should be like a you know like a covid benefit thing for all the like musicians and uh service industry workers that are affected by this maybe we can donate money to that and do a live stream thing and then it's like well i guess we should do a black lives matter benefit I mean, it's just like, Jeez. holy fuck, man. 2020 don't stop. It doesn't. It, it will never end. This is the year that never ends. <laughs> this is the and year it goes that on never ends. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you so, guys be sure to tune in next week for a break from 2020 Madness, where we will be talking about a Patreon pick. Because, again, for the $5 a month level on Patreon, you can submit a movie of your choosing for us to do an episode on, and we draw it randomly from a smoking bowl. Hell and yeah. It. And that movie is American Psycho. That one. Yeah. All right. Can't Woo. wait to talk about it. Wow. That movie. I can't believe we're going to talk about that movie that you inserted Hell in yeah, after the are. recording of this podcast. We're totally talking about it. Wow, I look forward to it because I have or maybe have not seen that one and I loved it or hated it. I guess you'll have to wait and find out. Oh, uh, if you've made it this far into the episode, which most people do, but if you've made it this far into the episode, uh, we normally do Harry Potter coming up soon. Ooh, yes, good point. If, If you have any reason why we shouldn't do Harry Potter, let me know. I, yeah. I, I do, because like... I understand she's anti-trans, but we'll talk about that. 
If we yeah. do the episode, we're going to talk about it and uh, say fuck her. So don't worry. We will absolutely address it. But if it's just too sensitive right now or it's just too much, let us know. Yeah, because we do those Harry Potter episodes every year on Harry's for birthday. Fun. As close as we can. <laughs> just totally for fun. I mean, honestly. So, yeah, if it's not going to be fun, why would we do it? <laughs> yeah, so please do let us know if we shouldn't. I mean, I think that yeah, the feedback that we get whenever we do the, the Harry Potter episodes is usually really good and really fun because we kind of yeah. shit all over the movies because they yeah. just they shred suck. the books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not really very good. I mean, yeah. I love them because it's Harry Potter. Yeah, me too. But we usually do kind of shit all over them a lot, so I don't yeah. know. Maybe us shitting all over it would be the right thing to do. Yeah, is well, that I, right? ask every, I ask everybody on Friday night on Discord. Everybody seemed to agree. Do it and just talk okay. about it and yeah. talk about it. But, okay. Yeah, but if if anybody out there like, just let us know because yeah. honestly, it's it, kind of a it, moot it's point not that big like, of a fucking deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll just not we do it, it if, it's not a big yeah. deal, right? Yeah, and it's not like. It's like some kind of huge protest where, like, I don't even want to give J.K. Rowling the publicity. It's like, well, these things yeah. are fucking world famous. It's not going to yeah. like, make her more famous. Yeah. By and I kind of want to give her the negative publicity of, like, <laughs> yeah. fucking get better, Joe. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So let us know. Uh, write us an email. Send us a message on Facebook. Whatever it is. If you don't want us to do it, we will listen. We are yeah. caring individuals Absolutely. that want to uh, give you guys what you want. So yeah. let us know if that's seems like that is you know off color or not the right tone that we're going for right now and we'll skip it for sure yep 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 well you guys be sure to go on apple podcast rate and review the show helps us out a fucking ton i've not seen nearly enough reviews popping up lately come on please go on there yeah give us some come at me bro review me bro (laughs) give it a five-star rating and leave a question at the end of your review and we'll answer that on a future faq installment of the preview palace steve can they follow us on social media oh man you can follow us so hard on social media we're on the twitter we're on instagram at dead lovely pod we're on trim spa baby uh my wife invented a new thing uh called a sargasm which is when you're having an orgasm and you refer to it sarcastically Oh, 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 I'm wow. so enjoying this. <laughs> oh, I'm coming. <laughs> but it's like eye roll. Like you'd have to be in a very particular headspace to do this. Yeah, where no you're doubt. actually ejaculating. But you're like, oh, yeah, this is great. Oh, it feels so good <laughs> or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> at Sargasm. <Dead> Sargasm. <laughs> at Dead Lovely Pod, Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Uh, Facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Go become a patron. Uh, right. Now, more than ever, uh, we're, we're giving you extra material. Extra stuff, y'all. So, yeah, head on over there. Yep, that's right. Well, thank you guys so much for checking out this installment of the show. You guys have been fantastic. We've been dead and lovely. You all go out and enjoy your day. Be sure to wash your fucking hands. And your ass. And tune in next week when we'll be talking about that very special Patreon pick. We'll talk to you all later now. I'm tracking. Looks like I'm rolling smooth here. I readjust my. I'm rolling in the deep. Microphone. Oh, rolling in the beef, huh? Rolling in the beef. Yeah.
That that's gonna be an Arby's commercial one day. <laughs> yeah, rolling in the beef. I like that. Rolling in the beef. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm your hey. I'm the hey that takes you hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard have you heard Take Me to Church by Hosier? No, I've no idea what that is. Okay. Uh so there's a song that was popular on the radio in LA. It's a good okay. song. Uh, and, uh, anyway, this comes into my mind all the fucking time for some reason. I'll just be making food or something, and I'll just start singing that song in my head, but I replace almost every word with the word church. <laughs> so, I'll just be like, church me to church. I'm churching like a church. Let's church and church. Let's go to church. Everybody loves church. And I just think for some reason in my head that there's a youth pastor out there that has definitely taken that song and somehow made it a way about like getting people out to church. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Dude, youth pastors always had the lamest ways of uh-huh. Christianizing any hit song. Exactly. <laughs> you spin me right round, Jesus, right round, like a record, Jesus, right round, round, round. It would always be like a six-year-old song where it's like just out of the consciousness. Yeah. So everybody's like, wait, why did you? All right, whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Yeah, praise, yeah, praise him, I guess. 